Easter is just around the corner, and what better way to celebrate the spring season than with a Miki Couture blanket? Whether you're gathering with family for an Easter egg hunt or just enjoying a quiet day at home, Minky blankets are the perfect addition to your Easter festivities. Made with ultra-soft and luxurious materials, these blankets will keep you cozy and comfortable, while their stylish designs will add a touch of spring to your day. And with a wide range of colors and patterns to choose from, there's a Minky blanket for everyone. So this Easter, make your day even brighter with a Minky Couture blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for Easter. Happy Easter from Minky Couture. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. How do you feel when you finish a book and you read the words, the end? Ooh, I always feel so accomplished when I read the end. I Like I followed through and I made it all the way to the end. I love that. I always feel kind of sad, especially when I get to the end of a really good book. But then I'm also excited because that means there's time to begin a new really good book. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So The End by John Bray and illustrated by Josh Cleland is the perfect mix of humor and existential angst. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) There's no angst. (laughs) But the book is amazing. (laughs) It is. It really is. And we're excited to talk with John and Josh about this clever story about the end of things and the beginning. Let's chat. We love this book so much. It is so fun. John, where did you come up with this clever and adorable book? The The original idea is from uh, the song Closing Time. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. it by Semisonic. Oh. Uh, so it's like 20 plus years old at this point, but there's a line in that song that says, every new beginning comes from some other some beginning's other end. And I kind of, I couldn't get that out of my head. Uh, I mean, that song was a big part of my high school years. So uh, I couldn't, couldn't shake it. And I just wanted to sit down with it and see where I could take it as a story. Wow. You did such a good job. I love, I actually love the book even more now, knowing that that's where it came (laughs) from, because that song, I mean, that's your child of the eighties and nineties, like, you know, growing up that, like you said, your high school, I think it might've been my college years. I'm not really sure. Um, dating ourselves, I guess, a little bit. That's right. Uh, it is such a good song. And that line is, it's so powerful. So I love that you took that and turned it into this story. That's really cool. That's and really this cool. is Thanks. such an important message too. I think it is so important for adults and children alike to know that when we are ending something, it, it, yes, it's, you're closing a chapter. You're maybe closing a chapter in your life, but you're beginning a new chapter and it's, it's just super right. important. So I love that. Or you may be ending lunch, but 
there's still dinner to come. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was the whole thing is that there's there's endings constantly, endings and beginnings. And some of them are really small and you don't even think about them. And others are really big. Right. It's mm-hmm. true. It's so true. So, uh, Josh, what was it about this project that made you want to illustrate it? Actually, you know, the funny thing is, is I think when I read the manuscript for the first time or the synopsis, uh, maybe for our manuscript, I actually was thinking of that song. Um, so so serendipity, I guess, or or kind of weird, you know, it, when I got the manuscript or just the synopsis, it's, it was such a unique concept. It was one of those opportunities where we could blend, you know, the story, the text and the illustration and create something really unique. And so, um, I just had to jump on it. It's awesome. John, so you hear this song, you get this line, and you have the idea for the book, what's the writing process like? Did it just flow right out or did it take a while to get a solid draft? Uh, the answer is yes to both of those questions. <laughs> it, it did flow right out. I, you know, when I, when I read to classes, they ask that question, how long it took. And it's, it's one of my favorite questions because I tell them I wrote the book in less than a day because I think my first draft, it took a couple hours. Okay. But then I spent months, over a year in total editing it. Because the original draft was about two and a half times this length. So it was over a thousand words. And because I was trying to, I think part of what it is, is as we talked about earlier, it's, it's a difficult concept for adults. And Mm -hmm. I found myself just having to kind of explore additional endings and beginnings from all different angles to try and find a way that made it make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tend to do. I tend to overwrite and then cut rather than underwrite an ad. So I just got it all out on the page and then spent months gradually going back through and either cutting out entire endings and beginnings or just tightening specific examples because the goal was to really make it as universal and relatable as possible. Mm-hmm. So things yeah. that most kids could really anchor into. It Maybe not all of the examples, but most of them. You did oh, a great job sure. with that. John, do you have a specific writing schedule? Like what do you do? And also what do you do when you're stuck on a story? Uh, I have a specific writing schedule that varies by the season, sort of. Um, So I'm outside of Chicago and we have really hot and humid summers and very cold and miserable winters. And I am an, I'm a year round outdoor runner. So in the summer, I like to run really early to avoid the heat. But then in the winter, Mm -hmm. I run later in the day to avoid the brutal cold and hopefully get some sun. So all of that said, I do tend to be a morning writer, mm-hmm. but that shifts in the summer because I, I'll run first before that. Um, but I do like to write early in the morning. That tends to be what I what I prefer. It's just when I'm fresh and my brain is most awake. Uh, but when I get same stuck, for me. Yeah. I think I feel like you're one or the other. I don't know a lot of a lot of writers who are all day. Like you kind yeah. of have to go in a shot. I mean, that you need to do it sometimes and it's what happens, but mm-hmm. Yeah, morning is when I'm fresh. But when I'm stuck, I, I have to change scenery. I have to go somewhere. And even if I don't go somewhere and work, I have to go somewhere outside of my normal writing space to just, I guess, break out of the routine. Hmm. That's a good, good tip. I like that. Just kind of get out of your head a little bit and put yourself in a, another place. I like that. Yeah. And sometimes that's going somewhere else to write, but it can mm-hmm. even just be getting out of that space. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a great tip. Yeah. I love that. So Josh, the last time we talked to you, which wasn't too long ago, we were talking about 
food that you were that you had illustrated in such a fun way. And for this book, you well, we have the cat, which I'm just absolutely in love with because well, Kiersey and I are both cat people. So we have to know what inspired you to include the most adorable little kitty in this story, but also just in general, what your illustration process was like for the book. Well, I, the cat, the kitty, I just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a dog person, honestly. <laughs> um, but I, it was just for us. <laughs> yeah, I do. Lo- I, I do love I do love cats. Uh, I grew up with cats uh, and dogs. Um, but I do think that cats just make fun, like sidekicks in stories. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. And so I always like to like and in life put in whenever, whenever, yeah, whenever in life, <laughs> whenever possible, I like to, you know, throw in a sidekick character, whether it's a little dog or cat or a little bird or something like that, just to kind of give some background, like uh, what's the word? Um, just like commentary, like visual commentary on what's going mm-hmm. on, like little expressions or little things like that. So. So that's kind of what, where the cat came from. Um, and also with this book, I, you know, because it was so conceptual, like it, it was actually kind of, it really took me a while to of a lot of like sketching, storyboarding, thumbnailing to kind of get the flow of how to really illustrate it. Because really what I was given was just what's, what's written. Um, it's very esoteric. You know, without the yeah, illustrations yeah. very i don't i don't think i was, i don't think there was even one art note um wow so, that's impressive. yeah and so so you know part of that you know was a fun challenge just to kind of tackle just like it's like a blank slate you know just okay well, let's do this um so my one of my original storyboards uh thumbnails uh was and i don't know if john if you ever saw this version was um the character, the girl, she, you never saw her face. Um, it was just, it was all hidden. And it was just the cat doing all the face heavy lifting as far as like facial expressions and things like that. And then we, early on, we decided to, you know, add the girl back in and add the facial expressions, just, you know, which I think was a actually really good call. Um, so that, so I, that's one of the re- ways the cat kind of came about. Um, and so we decided to keep the cat in because, you know, you know, we all loved her. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, this, this book really could have gone so many different ways visually. That's um, true. We mm-hmm. could have, we, could, I mean, it could have been set in space, um, probably on a, another planet because there's rain weather, but right. uh, it could have, we could have, it could have been like a, a turtle. It could have been an ant could have been all these different types of characters it could have been all sorts of vignettes with all different characters throughout um so it, it took some kind of exploration to really nail like the overarching um art so but i kind of i began with the um the stuff that john wrote you know the lunch the four the things like that and i just build it from there do you paint every day do you what's your schedule like yeah um, well, I have to draw every day just because that's my profession. Um, but I try to draw for myself every day, you oh. know, just something and, you know, something that's not dictated uh, by a book I'm working on or a project I'm working on. Um, I don't do that every day, but I try to. Um, but I, you know, like John, I'm 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 an early riser. I I like to start working early on. Um 
I think I, I think I'd get to my drawing board, like probably before seven mm-hmm. and get that coffee in me and let that caffeine. Yes. Coffee. <laughs> do yeah, you? Yeah. So when you are stuck, what do you do? Yeah. A lot of the same things that John does. I change center scenery, luckily with the iPad and with the sketchbook and things like that. I'm able to kind of like go downstairs or go into a different room or sometimes when I've been drawing on my Cintiq on digitally, I'll, I'll switch to analog or something like that just to kind of like switch things up um, or just go for a run, you know? Okay. So Josh, do you have uh, like a favorite thing to illustrate? Cause you've, you've done food and now in this book, you have this little cute, adorable little girl and kitty. Do you have a favorite thing to illustrate? I love illustrating just characters. Um, you know, I just, if they, if there's fun characters doing fun things, that's, that, that's what I love doing. Um, uh, a lot of my characters are either animal based or, um, food based. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, or monsters or aliens or things like that. Um, so this is kind of a one, a, a little more of a rare opportunity to draw an actual person. Uh, but yeah, just, I love, just drawing fun, silly things. Yeah. There's just so much energy. You do such a good job of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the And your color palette, so vibrant. It's so great. It's so great. I love it. For me, and I've I've told you this before, Josh, but it's the facial expressions. You're Mm -hmm. so good at the facial expressions in in this book, but in in all of your work, I just, I love the facial expressions on your characters. Absolutely. I do too. Absolutely. You know exactly how they're feeling, right? They... It, it's so great. It's so and that's, great. Thank you. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the reasons we, we decided to add the character back in because the facial expressions help tell the emotional side of the concept of the book. So, um, yeah, I think that was a really good, really good move. Um, some feedback that we, we received on that. Mm. Um, I'm glad we went that route. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm glad about all of the choices you made for this book because it is so <laughs> well done. It really, really is. It's it. so clever. Yeah. John, was it always in second person? Is that how it, it came? Okay. Yeah. I was right curious about that. Yeah. It feels like it fits that way, right? I'm not sure you could, if, if you, if you altered the point of view, it, I feel like it would just change the book completely. So um, I think that that was just such a smart choice. Thanks. Really yeah, great. I tried after drafting it. I did try third person and I think I made it, I don't know, a handful of pages and it just felt so weird and it pulled you out of the concept. And it mm-hmm. was it was so hard to write that I just knew it wasn't meant to be written that way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So stuck with second. Good for you for trying it though. I yeah. guess you just yeah. never know until. But, it's always but good it's to probably, experiment. It's right. always good and to experiment. And it probably solidified for you the fact that no, it has to be in second person. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So we have one last question for each of you, and it is, we're going to start with you, Josh. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Uh, well, I want them to want to read it again. <laughs> I'd love for that. Begin again. Um, yes. just, you know, and, and this is probably true for most, most of the books I do. Just I just want them to have a good time just to, you know... Um, I don't know if it has to necessarily be anything real big, real deep, uh, especially, you know, you know, with, with children reading books, I think 
that's always a good thing. If they're reading books, they're mm-hmm. doing something good. Agreed. So that's, um, I, I, I think that's, that's a good place to, good place to be. I, you know, I want them to want to keep it on their bookshelf. Definitely. John, same question. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? Yeah. And I'm very much in the same boat. I mean, I, I hope learning is less important. I just hope they, they close the book and they feel something like there's something about it that they take with them, something that they remember. And that could be something that they learned, but it could be a really funny illustration. It could be a funny line. It could be the way that their teacher or librarian or parent or whoever read it to them, something that after they walk away from it, they remember that book, they remember that page or that moment. And, you know, to Josh's point that they want to go back to it, a book that a book that they're eager to revisit. A big thank you to John and Josh for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for the end. Check out the show notes to learn more about Josh and John. Don't forget, subscribing to the podcast ensures you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy Happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Stop paying those high retail prices for other optics that underperform. At Tracked Optics, we're passionate about creating the best optics for hunting and long-range precision shooting. We know that having the right equipment can make all the difference in your experience. That's why we use the highest quality materials and the latest technology to produce optics that are durable, reliable, and perform exceptionally well in any environment. For more information, visit trackedoptics.com. Again, that's trackedoptics.com. Upgrade today with Tracked Optics. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.